Let's go full screen here. Why not? I have no tabs. Oh yeah, let's let's do oh, it, man. baby. <laughs> um, all right. So what what are we talking about? Uh, before well, what is this? Before <laughs> sunrise part four or something? What's going on here? All right. So one thing I want to bring up before we talk about past lives, which is a movie we're going to talk about. Which if you can go see it, I know it's not available everywhere, but if you can go see it, I mean, um, we have. I it love that in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, so which is shocking, <laughs> truly, mm. truly shocking. Um, but. For those of you who listen to the show, you'll know that we're like kind of constantly tinkering and we're in the middle of tinkering right now, uh, <laughs> changing things. And then Mike's like, hey, let's do a new release. And I'm like, okay. And it's funny because my wife, my beautiful wife, Tessa, was like, why don't you guys do this? And I was like, ah, it's not going to want to do that. It's a new release, but no one's going to be able to see it. No one's going to listen to that. And I get a text from Mike, you want you want to do past lives today? And I'm like, so I texted Tessa immediately, like, you got your wish. I don't know how you did this witchcraft, but here we are talking Considering about that, past lives. Uh, she represents 10% of our listener base. I, I will <laughs> appease, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, whatever you want, lady. <laughs> well, one, one thing I would like to try, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if a new release mixes it up. I, there's no rhyme or reason to what gets numbers. I, you know, we did John Wick episode. No one cared. So I'm like, do we go back to the sight and sound list? I, I don't really know. Um, I assume past lives aligns more with some of the stuff that, uh, yeah, your side, side, which, uh, (laughs) whew, uh, your side has some big swings and misses as well. Uh, especially with this, this new sight and soundless. Good, good Lord. Um, (laughs) but I thought past lives. Yes, you were absolutely right. It's playing on less than a thousand screens for some reason. We have it here. I did uh, race out to see it on Monday morning over the holiday weekend because I thought, well, it'll be gone by Friday. It is sticking around at least an hour neck of the woods for another week, so I didn't really have to do that. Okay. But it was totally pleasant, totally chill 9 a.m. movie with about four other people. Um, so, yeah, this is something that is for your bride, and uh, the film is for you. There's a word in Korean, inyon. It means providence or fate. Do you believe in that? That's just something Koreans say to seduce someone. What a good story this is. Childhood sweethearts who reconnect 20 years later and realize they were meant for each other. In the story, I would be the evil white American husband standing in the way of destiny. Shut up. He was just this kid in my head for such a long time. I think I just missed him. Did he miss you? His home! Wow, Toda. Wow. 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 Now I'm really sure how to feel about it, son. And the way you move makes me feel like I can't live without you. Okay. The guy flew 13 hours to be here. I'm not going to tell you that you can't see him or something. Uh, 
like if two strangers walk by each other in the street and their clothes accidentally brush. That means there have been 8,000 layers of inyan between them. Want you to stay. Much. Oh yeah, baby. It so is. It's it's so funny because we just talked about my penchant for movies about logging on uh, this show uh. with the American. And <laughs> Mike texted me after he saw it. He's like, "Yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it." And I told him, "Like, I'm sure you will not be surprised that I loved it. Think about what the movie is about." He's like, "Oh God, here we go again with the logging." But yes, it is yet another movie. About people longing for maybe impossibility. Don't want to ruin anything for people who have not seen the movie because it is brand new. Not that this is a super plot heavy movie. It's more about the unspoken um, that goes on between these three people. So, yeah, of course, I'm like, yeah, it's the best movie of the year. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Good Lord. Um, It's pretty good. I'll I'll say that. Um, (laughs) I do wonder, Dave. This is what I always say. This is the... Uh, the white American, the Kentuckian take. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You put two American actors in this. Is this just some sort of, you know, nice festival movie that no one thinks about again? Because I thought of, and I can't remember the name. Uh, I think Anton Yelchin uh, was in uh, a film with an, an English actress. Uh, probably went on to do one of the Star Wars movies because that's all Star Wars females are. They're, they're Brits. Um, yeah, brunettes. Yes, and... yeah. Um, pasty brunettes. Um, I do know Jennifer Lawrence is in that movie, and she's not just on the brain because of my summer pick, No Hard Feelings, which was mm-hmm. so disappointing to me as far as it's... Oh, interesting. Yes, yes. It's, uh, it advertised... I didn't... I mean, we aren't going to get into that, obviously. I want but to. Like, I didn't, clearly. I didn't... <laughs> I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It's just kind of a. I think that's what bothered me, Dave. A, a sex comedy yeah. should be reviled or like cherished, and it was just so well, middle. Joyride, Joyride coming out next week. This is probably the one. soon to be on this podcast uh, as well, <laughs> as we sort of retrofit it to, to cater to our audience. Um, but that did cross my mind because I thought of okay, there's another film that was sort of like a little festival. I don't know if you'd call it Darling. Mm. No one remembers it. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but it was about a long distance relationship of longing of two people trying to make it work. I think there's visa issues and that you mm, kind of, I should look this up. This sounds great. Right. I haven't seen it, but, <laughs> but that why, sounds awesome. my question to you is, is it the, um, sort of, I guess, fresher eyes, like, especially if you're a cinephile uh, and I found myself kind of swept up in it too, where it's like, I did think that the cultural differences, bring something to it as opposed to basically two white people. Yes, it can be different countries, but effectively with the special relationship, America and the UK, I don't feel like it's that dramatically different. This represents something new to me, even though, as you said, the plot is probably something you have seen countless times in melodrama and romance. Totally. Yeah. And and I think um, our lead character played by Greta Lee, who I only knew from uh, Russian Doll. That was that was my connection to her as an actress. And I was really impressed with her. The camera really loves her. She does great, great work. But she straddles a really interesting line, because if you know anything about Eastern cultures, there's a lot of this aspect of 
not so much focused on individualistic ideals, but communal ideals. And she is very much a, even as a young girl, kind of like, I want things. I want to achieve things. I want to be the best. I want to win awards. I want to do all these things. So she straddles this line between West and East and her character straddles that line between the two men who are the objects of her affection, one a Western white man and one a Eastern man who she deems as like when she talks about him, she talks about like he's just he's so Korean, like everything about him is Korean. So she straddles that line. So I think you're right that the the kind of cross cultural aspect of this movie really does carry it further than even if you had a movie set in Korea with two Korean men and her. Like kind of like in that, I, I hesitate to call it a love triangle because it's absolutely not. It doesn't go into that kind of salacious idea at all. Like I said, so much is unspoken. But I think if you have that, I think you have a very different movie. But because she has immigrated to America as as a young girl and she's kind of torn between those two worlds. And as this man from Korea comes to visit her you can see that part of her kind of awakening that hasn't been there for decades for her. And I think it creates a really interesting dynamic just within her. Like I, I think the movie opens in a really smart way in two ways. One, the camera is zooming in on her. These two men are there, but it's slowly zooming in on her telling you this is her story. This is what we're paying attention to. And also opening with these people watching her, trying to fill in her story, not knowing what's going on. And it's the idea that every story is worth telling, that everyone we see in a bar, in a restaurant, like they have a story too. And to them, it's the most important story possible. And then the movie just kind of opens up based on that. And I think like from a script perspective, it's phenomenal. Like there's, it's interesting for a movie that's so slow, it doesn't feel like there's any fat on it. Like there's not a thing where I'm like, oh, cut that, cut that, cut that, unnecessary. Because it's a pretty short movie too. It's like an hour and 40, which was a nice surprise. I expect this when you say festival darling, past lives, you know, set in Korea for part of it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be three and a half hours long. But it's definitely not, so I knew you would enjoy that. But yeah. Oh, I would have cut kind more. Of a phenomenally crafted. Uh, and movie. the strange thing that I would have cut uh, is probably the talkie bits. Uh, I was far oh. more into, maybe it's the more like optimistic section of the film, the reconnection between childhood friends, which mm. admittedly, um, you know, a childhood crush at, what are they, 12? I mean, essentially. Yeah. Uh, pre-teens, it's a little strange for me that I would still be sort of mm, hung mm-hmm. up on that. And maybe that's this sort of American take on it. as like, well, it's kind of cute, sure. but what, it's kind of also kind of weird. Why would I look up like <laughs> someone that I remember as like a 12-year-old? Um, although plenty of middle-aged people, <laughs> especially <laughs> they get on Facebook or whatever, and, you know, they, they like to be in each other's business, you know, until the end of time. True, um, true. I probably would have cut the... Um, <laughs> the white uh, husband talking. There's uh, one sequence <laughs> where he's in bed sort of like explaining his viewpoint, but it also came across mm. as we're explaining to the audience. Here's the dichotomy mm. of this relationship. Like, I, how am I supposed to compete with like, you know, the dream of another life? Like, you know, I, I feel like mm. if I was writing this story, I would be the villain of the piece. I felt like mm. that was a bit on the nose and the movie for the most part mm. is just filled with silences and just letting the actors uh, act. Mm. Without all the all the, right. the talking bits, and I, I I guess I got swept away into that vibe or that mood that when this guy just starts prattling on, I'm like, God like, damn, just <laughs> I'm gonna go fuck this guy you, now, Jesus you are Christ! A 
talk uh, me into so it. Two, so two things, like, because of course I had heard about this movie before it came out and I knew it was like, okay, she's with this guy, but this guy from her past is, you know, coming back and she has decisions to make, blah, blah, blah. This kind of seems like very melodramatic thing, which is not what this movie is at all. And my immediate reaction is that's like some dude when you were like, nine like what what so i but i love the fact that they had them reconnect and spend time together you know over zoom like you and i are doing right now even though we live 10 minutes apart we're still reconnecting decidedly less erotic um and i doubt people maybe for you maybe (laughs) for you i was about to say i can speak to the lighting situation for both of us um yes this looks about the equivalent of their what 2000 and just how about this 2012 Skype session that they're on. Like, I, I love how accurate it is. And I'm like, you know what? Our setup's not much better. As much as I try. No, nothing just <laughs> changed. <laughs> yes. So I, I like that they reconnect and they kind of build this relationship again. And there's there's a sequence where they're deciding whether or not to keep talking over Zoom. And that, that moment really worked for me. Like, it's that whole this is the right decision, but I don't like it. <laughs> you know, that stuff really worked. And I actually really liked that scene that you were immediately like, ugh. Like, I had the same reaction to him. Like, I was like, man, you are making yourself sound so insecure right now. This is not sexy. Uh, what you're doing, this is not going to make her want to stay. But also, I like that they kind of talked about the different kinds of of romantic relationships. Like not every romantic relationship is like, and then I met the man or woman of my dreams and we lived happily ever after and it's perfect and nothing could ever come in between us. I like the fact that, yeah, they did have connections. They did share things. They shared interests. They had a sexual connection. She needed a green card, like all this stuff. And it, but they still, their life together still works. It doesn't mean just because you don't have the upper echelon of relationships that you're doomed to failure and i like that they had both of those things in there like you have this relationship where maybe it could have been special but i don't know because our family left but i know what i have here and i know that that is good even if it's not the romantic ideal yeah and it puts all well all three in this uh you know decidedly not a love triangle uh in the state (laughs) where they pretty quickly can assess that everyone's uh, respective life is pretty good it's not like one of them has been ruined by this this is not uh, sort of an old-fashioned melodrama where uh someone's gonna go you know throw themselves off the rocks or something if (laughs) they can't you left it i was homeless for 10 years like no it's fine everything is fine yeah and so i i did uh like that i also like dave and i've i'm just gonna get this in before i forget uh, when you first start talking, as I normally do, uh, I distract myself. Out. Yeah, so I get, get yeah. the tabs open. The uh, film with the uh, whites was like crazy. And I was also right. It was Felicity Jones of Rogue One. It was one of these Star Wars oh, brunettes no. is the woman that, you know, afar that uh, poor Anton Yelchin uh, falls for. And uh, that damn Jennifer Lawrence comes in and just, you know, gets in the oh, way. Oh, no. What, what a runner-up <laughs> prize he had there. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, yeah. I oh, poor, poor Anton. Like, that's so rough. So the other thing I want to mention is this movie is directed by Celine Song. This is her first directed movie. Pretty assured. That's amazing. You would think she's about probably 10 movies in at this point. Yeah. Yeah. She's so assured. And I will not give away the ending of this movie, but that last shot of her in this movie is a work of genius. Like it is 
she really takes her time with it. You're not sure exactly what's going to happen. There are moments you think maybe it's going to fade to black and maybe the credits are going to roll and the emotion in that scene and the reactions of both of the characters involved in that scene is one of my favorite moments in cinema in the last three or four years. Like it's just absolutely beautiful to take in and it shows a great deal of patience and guts. Like I'm just going to hold the camera on my actress here and I'm going to trust that the audience is going to go with me because we've done the work for the last 90 minutes for you to care about all of these relationships and it's one of those movies that's it's very subtle it's not you know it's certainly not a it's not an action movie in any way it does not distract you so if you're not in on these characters this would be a rough watch but I can't imagine not being swept up by these characters and it's kind of incredible considering like you said there's not a lot of talkie bits it's all like kind of in between the lines and like getting deep within their thought processes, which can go wrong at every turn. And I don't think it really does. It shows like a really deft hand, both in the screenwriting and in the direction, which she did both. The casting, so, pretty the performances, am- trusting your performers. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, aside from we mentioned the sort of cultural differences, um, you know, you, you could compare it to the before series because uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, mm-hmm. it has a decidedly different bent. Uh, I think yes, the before series yes. is a little more antagonistic, even when things are good. There's a little more picking. How American! Yeah, Just a little more picking at each white other. White people yelling at yeah. each other. Yeah, uh, and and the French. You know, we're not going to let uh, Delpy off the hook. You know, they. Yeah, good I, Lord. I've seen them. You know, they they take the streets when you you take you know their retirement away two years further along. I, I like the French. Right. I like how they're raising hell about stuff. I'm all for them. Um. Yeah, this one, I would say it still retains that, you know, even with the before series, the film, I couldn't remember like crazy, which did win the uh, grand jury prize at Sundance and then went on to gross less than $4 million. <laughs> Clearly, that doesn't mean a damn thing. <laughs> and it, it had, I, I doubt, you know, this came out, that was 2011, has had zero sort of cultural impact, even among cinephiles. Uh, that, that's what I was right. getting at earlier on. I think this one could. I mean, it maybe not, because the thing with the sort of, universal nature of these especially romance films is i think it's the point in time that you watch them in your life depends on how far mm-hmm. they ascend and stay with you oh yeah and i don't yeah. necessarily think there's anything wrong with that like i you know i i don't know why i you know just to use a, a weird example like all the heaven allows the rock hudson movie i don't know why that one speaks to me because we're separated <laughs> decades apart and uh i have never uh gone and cut down a tree or anything i've never like interacted with a woman with grown children that are in my way like i've never been in a douglas Sirk production though i may want to be like you know yeah who wouldn't? Yeah, i mean everything yes. we would not we would definitely put these zoom calls on youtube if, if douglas Sirk was like lighting or if he was lighting calls, yes, yes yes absolutely i would never look better <laughs> so i don't know how to explain it other than you know the, the easiest thing would be i think people that are you know either young or maybe even reaching middle age that just sort of stumble into this at this point in their lives it may speak to them more so than even their partner that mm-hmm. they go on a date night with I, I don't know i think romance kind of like comedy is tricky in what you respond mm-hmm. to uh but you yes. certainly bring a lot you know, to the table, uh, yourself. And, um, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily mind that some people, you know, 
they they may like I don't know, like we bring up speed a lot on on this podcast. We threaten speed anytime anything uh, goes wrong. Yes, that's <laughs> speed, right. We will talk about Keanu Reeves. I swear to God, speed is not universal in any regard. It's a highly specific plot that a person finds yes. themselves in. Who among us has not been on a bus, Mike? It is universal. Yes, they cannot go past fifty-five miles an hour. That you know that just happens to everyone all the time. That's right. That's right. But I I don't know what will you know um, rise to the top as far as the romance mm-hmm. uh, subgenre because um, I sort of was lamenting the fact that this may you know even though I like it may get more acclaim than if the American produced film mm-hmm. released with the same exact plot structure. But the thing is, we've sort of conceded this along with comedies. You know, my poor J Law, you know, disappointing me with no hard feelings. Uh, as far as American audiences, we have just sort of given up on these these genres yeah. as far as big releases. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm happy to see that this one is, you know, sort of snuck up on me. You sent a text and I was like, oh, yeah, I think I heard about this. I think people liked it. And then it's like, <laughs> what is it, like 97 percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, average. It's 97 percent. The average score is 9.1 out of 10. I'm glad I didn't know so, that because okay. I didn't go and combat it. Oh, me too. I wasn't going to tell you anything. I was just be like, this is a movie. I, it, it was very <laughs> much <laughs> like the Anton Yeltsin thing. It's like, I think people dug this. I think people thought it was pretty good. I'll go, I'll go check yeah, it pretty out. Pretty good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I don't know. One thing I want to do with the new releases, if we keep this up, is uh, sort of subtitle them as far as like the next list. And I brought it up a little bit when we talked mm. about John Wick, when it was considered the godfather of action movies. And we were both a little sort of a little hesitant to hey, crown it. What about with this one? Both brakes. of us have positive reactions. Ten years from now, do you see this as something that makes a sight and sound list? Or is it just something that's nice right now? And I'm not dismissing it anyway. Mm, no. Um, yeah, it's always so tough, right, to decide what's going to have this lasting, this lasting appeal. I think it could, and as awful as this is, I think it depends on what Celine Song does next. Like, I think if she becomes like an auteur and someone who has created another movie that has a 9.1 out of 10, then we look at this in even higher esteem. Like, this was the beginning. We were in on the ground floor. So I think it definitely could, but like, you never know. Right. And, you know, I'm actually glad you brought up Ethan Hawke of all people, because I just saw this clip. I think he had done like a, essentially like a Ted talk and talking about the importance of art. Um, Because I think sometimes even people like us who spend all of our time with art, Sometimes we see art as like, well, it's entertaining. It's it's there to it's there to pick me up when I'm down. It's there to distract me. And sometimes it is, uh, but sometimes art is more than that. And he kind of talks about this that art seems extra until things get really good or really bad. When our father dies, and we need to know that someone else has felt this sad, sometime that we are not alone in the extremity of our emotions. We read poetry and we watch movies and we read books. And the same thing when we fall in love, right? We need to know that I'm not going crazy, that I'm not falling head over heels and no one has ever felt like this before. I need to feel like there's a connection with the human race. That's when art is no longer an extra. It's a necessity. And, you know, you brought up this idea like where you come in to a movie matters. And I think that's the beautiful thing about art is that, I could have watched a movie when I was 15 and I watch it when I'm 44 and it's a different movie. It's a completely different experience. It's not a static thing. 
it's not like, well, you know, I saw this rock when I was 12 and that same rock looks the same when I'm 40. No, it's it, it's an experience. It's a connection. All the hikers out there changes hate you. over Which time. They don't listen to movie podcasts. Good. But... Good. They should stay out in the wilderness and leave Although, me alone. They do have plenty of time to listen to podcasts, so maybe that's something. Yeah, they got nothing but time. We love you. Just get a, get, have fun hiking, I Walk guess. Walk in the woods I, coming up on this show. I, I don't know. Ah, yeah. One of your favorites. Yes. Um, so. So it makes me think, like, if I had seen this movie, this exact movie, when I was 17, I don't know that I would have loved it. What do I know about longing when I'm or 17? Regret, what do I know really? about, about patience or regret? Exactly. You're just like everything is opening up before you when you're 16, 17. And when you're in your 40s, like, yeah, there are, whether it's friendships or relationships, I'm sure many of our listeners have had missed opportunities and things that they look back on. And not, if I had done this, it would have been great. But then this movie brings it up. Like, what if? What would have happened? Would we have dated and broken up? Would it have been painful? Would we still be together? Would we have kids? We don't know. So that kind of mystery of missed connections, I think, really hits harder the older that you get. Because you actually have maybe some regrets and maybe some of those misconnections. So a totally different experience. Whereas like, you know, watching Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy talk each other's ears off until they finally kiss. That's a 20 year old's experience. Watching it now. Like, like if I watched that now, like in my forties for the first time, I might've been like, Oh, we just fucking get it over with. What are we probably skip to before midnight? That's what you do. (laughs) Yes. 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 That's right. That's right. That I get on that note. As I was watching this film, I was reminded, of a conversation I had with our mutual friend uh, Chris Maynard way back in my hmm. uh, War Machine versus War Horse days. And I used to say you can still find those things online, but I actually took all those episodes down recently. Oh, I pulled, did you? I pulled, <laughs> pulled a Dave and I'm like, okay, you know, almost 10 Fuck years is enough. You know, we can, let's remove <laughs> you this. Had you had your know. shot. <laughs> We're yeah, done. And maybe I'll reuse them like George Lucas whenever I need an episode mm. to throw up there. Uh, there but we go. had a conversation about Love is Strange, which is one of my, you know, I say recent, oh. but almost 10 years ago, I uh, came out in 2014. Uh, Modern Romance is one of my favorites. That's the Lithgow and Alfred, Alfred Molina, Molina, yes. Yeah. Uh, as the, the couple, because uh, Molina uh, works through, he's in education, but it's through the church. Uh, and then they get married mm-hmm. and the church finds out about it and they. He loses his job, unfortunately, because of uh, the fact that they're two gay men. And um, then they have to separate for housing reasons and living in New York, very expensive. And I remember my co-host on the episode, Chris Maynard, he he could not get on board with the movie as much as I did, which I, I, just, I fell for it immediately. I also watched it in the best circumstance in that. Uh, I was in New York at the time, and oh. we had a gap between, I think, going to see like a play uh, but we didn't have enough time to like truck it back to where we're staying. That's perfect. So we just ducked into a movie, which is always a good excuse for me, just for the air conditioning. Yes. And uh, oh no, honey, we don't oh, have no. time. I guess time we gotta watch Love a Strange, movie. baby. Um, <laughs> so I had I had a great, you know, that, that would probably always be like a cherished movie theater moment for me, along with uh, totally. I do love the film. But he couldn't get into it. He didn't have that experience, and he also maybe because he's uh, older than me. Uh, I don't know if you are close to the same age or if he's older than you. Um, he he sure acts like it. He, he sure acts, like, acts like an old man. He definitely did that conversation because he could get, not get over the sort of premise of the film that these two men who had spent decades together and loved each other uh, and built a life together uh, through whatever reason, financially motivated or whatever, had to spend any time apart. He's like, you only have so much time left. He's like, I can't. I don't mm-hmm. like the movie because I don't like the choices they've made. I don't believe it. I don't buy into it. <laughs> 
I don't think this film, Past Life, suffers from that because the choice is made for this relationship because they're kids. Like, you know, they're going with their, yeah. one of them's going with their family. That that choice is just removed yeah. from them. Made for them. Yes. However, <laughs> you brought up the fact that they have these sort of individual lives they're trying to lead. And there's a brief discussion about like, well, when's the next time you could come? I could travel see you or you see mm. me. And it's like a year mm. to 18 months because of what they have set up uh, for their futures. Do you think that there will be audience members that don't go along with the sort of regret aspect because they think you could have tried to make it work? You should have done something to try to make it work. Sure. Um, and I think I think that's going to depend on the maturity of the audience goer. I think I think there's a uh, small I love this. part of me. You're calling Chris Maynard slightly <laughs> immature. Shot, yes. You idiots. <laughs> so there is, of course, a small part of my romantic soul in that moment where I'm like, just go. Just Throw caution to the wind because that's what you want. They're still young. Man. They are young, and that's what you want your romantic heroes to do. But looking at it in your 40s, you're like, yeah, that they're making the right decision. Because if this doesn't work, <laughs> then one of them is in a place where they don't want to be physically, and this relationship didn't work. So, like, where do you go from there? So it's, it is one of those, in your life, there are many periods where you have to make difficult decisions that don't feel good but are right and i was glad that this movie kind of paid some homage to that to the fact that we make sacrifices that if we were always do the romantic thing most of us would end up broke penniless homeless in jail maybe like if we just reacted emotionally that's not going to be good for us and these people painful as it may be made the right decisions for them at that point in their life and i think and the fact that they still connected and that it was still hard kind of made that all the more beautiful and i love the fact that this is not an over dramatic movie it's actually very it's very mature and very they're making the right choices even when they're hard and there's not you know not to ruin anything but there's not a big blow up there's not a like moment where it's like let's all hash this out let's fight it out it's not that kind of movie all of the decisions most of the decisions are not out loud they're taking place within our lead character's head which is how let's be real in humanity that's how most of our decisions are made most of our decisions are like okay everybody who's involved let's sit down and talk it out i'm like no i'm gonna make my own choices and then i'll deal with it later and that's I love this sort of authoritarian view Dave has on the interpersonal relationships. I, mean, I will decide, and much like Don Draper, you'll never know what my decision is. <laughs> I'm right. stuck in that's my own right. head. <laughs> I don't think of you at all. <laughs> Speaking of which, but I would, um, but I would say, wouldn't you agree that like most of the decisions we make in our lives, like we don't discuss them with? People. I'm not agreeing with you. We make our decisions, no. and as a podcaster, that's terrible. Britney's, we did, we Britney's not everything. listening. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I think, <laughs> I think if I'm afforded the opportunity, I will overly explain myself to people. Uh, if you give me enough, that's, you just like to talk. You that's the microphone. Like your... <laughs> I'll let you know what's going on. Yeah, anyone who was at my wedding will <laughs> attest to this fact. <laughs> I was about to agree with you on another point, so that's, that'll be the makeup for disagreeing with you 10 okay. seconds ago. You mentioned earlier that you think maybe this sort of, you know, the next list, you know, will this make the cut a decade from now? It depends on what the filmmaker chooses to do next. Well, the filmmaker behind um, <laughs> Like Crazy, whose name was Drake Dormus, and he uh, looks like just a, a white dude, a white film student. Um, 
Here, here are his follow-up films to like crazy. 2013, also I think with Felicity Jones. Breathe in. Seen it. 2015 equals. Oh, I th- wait with um, what's her name from Breaking Bad in that one? Uh, what's her name? This is actually Nicholas Holt and Kristen Stewart. So <laughs> probably not. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. Um, newness 2017. Once again, nope. Nicholas Holt. Oh, he just hitched to the wrong person. That's... Zoe in 2018 with uh, Owen McGregor. <sighs> nope, didn't see that, but I probably will someday because, you know. 2019, uh, Shailene Woodley stars in Endings, Beginnings. Oh, my God. So he did work, Jeez. but there's... <laughs> there's Nobody saw it. <laughs> Nobody saw it. But here's here's a reason you should see Equals. You know who else is in that? Guy Pierce. Oh, okay. So uh, there's yeah. your in. <laughs> I, I may get around to that, but uh, does it have enough Guy Pierce? And you know, uh, it's it does say additional roles uh, are played by Guy Pierce uh, and Jackie Weaver, so probably pretty small. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> um, the sad thing that the conclusion I'll come to is that although we don't know one, two, three, four, five follow-ups to the Sundance Award-winning Like Crazy, uh, <laughs> that possibly might be more films than a female female filmmaker would get even with a successful release (laughs) just just don't go the uh don't go the route of the marvel movie that did not end well for our one of our last female i'm just taking it as he is the example of what past lives is teaching us you don't have to make any sort of decision there's always an average white dude just around the corner yeah just waiting (laughs) just waiting plotting That is the lesson, right? Of past lives, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we got it, Mike. Well done. <laughs> Nailed it. I think if I had access to posting our uh, reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, my review would manage to lower the score by 10%. Because people would read it and yeah. be like, ugh. Actually, I don't really ugh, like that. Not watching that. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yes, 9.1 out of 10, Mike. 9.1. For now. <laughs> For now, yeah, we'll see what she does next. <laughs> Jury's still I was going to say, we'll see what I do next. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah. no one wants that. That's <laughs> This episode, baby, you asked for it, Tessa. You're welcome. That's right, you got it. I love that usually this is the point we talk about what we do next, and we have no idea. We have no idea what's well, you watched, Maybe uh, Joyride? you watched a Western that's three hours long. <laughs> I haven't gotten around to watching it at 1.75 speed. Um, we did promise that on the American. What is it? Once Upon a Time in the West, I think. Is that the name of it? Yes, yes. I almost thought it was the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I think that was wishful thinking. Oh. It's, um, <laughs> but it's once upon a time in the West, and we do correct. have the seven-year itch in the can already. And That's I think right. that would, we could right. definitely promote that one because if I watch this western, it will take me seven oh, years seven to get years, to it. Yes. So it, you know, it works. And you might develop an itch at some point. It's... Well, hopefully, I die <laughs> at some point during it. <laughs> So you have that to look forward to, <laughs> listeners. Mike's impending death <laughs> in westerns, I guess. Leave a five-star review. I won't see it. This is your last chance. <laughs>